Welcome to Horror Stories for Dev Shops. My name is Josh and I have Kai here with me. And we're on to our second episode of Developer Horror Stories. So we're going to have share a collection of stories that will make you not fall asleep at night, to keep you up late at night, and to make you worried about your sanity. Thanks, Josh. Thanks for having me. This is a fun episode, so glad you could be here. Yep. This first one is actually a project that Kai worked on for a little bit, and so he's going to share the story of this one. Yeah, it's one of those stories where we got to the very, very end of the project. So specifically, we are coming up a week before launch. We're testing. Everything's looking good. And then our client pings us and asks, Hey, why isn't one of these, uh, why isn't one of these items being pulled from our, our database? You know, we, we have a list of items here. Why isn't it showing up on our website? And we started digging down into it and realized, Hey, there's actually some requirements here that we didn't know about. So we dug into it and we looked and we found it. Actually, this particular item had some business requirements that it only showed up on the weekends. And we had no idea why or, you know, didn't plan at all for it. And so we we fixed the bug and then we resubmitted. And a week later, not even a week later, the next day, they came back and said, hey, looks like this other item's not showing up either. And we just constantly went back and forth for weeks on this. And it finally got to the point where we're like, hey, can you just talk to your business and just solidify, get us a list of all the requirements for each one of your products. And essentially they came back and they said, actually, I don't know if I want to tell you what the requirements are. I'd actually prefer to see what your guys' code does and see if it automatically picks up those rules. Those bugs, really. Yeah. Yeah. They call them the bugs, right? Yeah. When they, they put them in as bug tickets and said, these are bugs, right? And we're just going to see where your product fails and then write them up as a bug. Absolutely. And they just wanted to go this back and forth system. And part of it, I felt like was they just wanted to classify it as bugs so they can get free development work rather than uh, actually classify them correctly as a task right. with requirements. Which which makes our like score, or if you look at the, the stakeholder in that company, looks at us and like, yeah, you guys just Doing bug after bug after bug, right? So yeah, terrible way to start a relationship there. So this next story is actually one that I solicited from one of our developers here. And he said he, he had a story where his previous company, they use a product called Confluence. Now Confluence is kind of like Wikipedia where developers and engineers, they can keep all their notes and all of their, you know, how to do this and how to do that in this system. So Confluence was their system they use and they self-hosted it meaning they had it run on a server and they they use it all the time for that documentation. Well, the IT guy essentially messed up and they lost a year and a half's worth of recording there and they could not recover it whatsoever. So basically think of it, a year and a half of knowledge of people writing in stuff all the time. It's just gone, just absolutely oh gone. <laughs> then this next one is a developer we had here at Red Sky Engineering. He was wanting to do load testing into a product that we were just about to release. I remember this. And so he basically set it up so it would generate random users into their system, but he didn't want it to go into Shopify because then all of a sudden now you have these fake customers in a production running Shopify. So he commented that code out. But one thing that we found is that one of the reward systems still logged that as a new user. And so about a week later, they pushed out a notification in the reward system and those 40,000 fake users were in there. And so I, since I'm on the email chain, 
received over 40,000 emails in the matter of a minute or two. And my phone was just blowing up <laughs> so much so that I couldn't uh, access my phone. It was just like, bloom, 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 new, new email, new email, new email. And so we, we were fortunately able to go in and, you know, set those as archived users. But yeah, it was, it was interesting. So there was an employee of ours that uh, shared this with us. He said that he had a bug at his, at his previous job where the operator's handheld radios were causing RFI into the hand controllers and inadvertently triggered the abort button. So this is the company that he worked at was a UAV company. So like drones and like little drones and they had like a hand controller, right? So this required being triggered five times in five seconds. And so the software log showed an abort was triggered and the customer swore up and down that they never had in their hand near the button. Many heated meetings were had over this fault. Eventually, one of the engineers had the bright idea of blasting the hand controls with RF noise from a hand radio and was able to trigger the abort functionality. Obviously, aborts are bad because what happens is that all the motors on the UAV freeze up and stop and the drone just falls right out of the sky. So essentially you have these drones flying around and uh, these employees trying to figure out what's going on. And then they're, they're blaming the customer, the customer said, I didn't do it, you know? And then once they dug into it, it was RFI interference. So, mm-hmm. so here's one that's kind of personal to me. Uh, I used to work at a previous company and we made radar systems that flew on drones and these radar systems could image the ground at day or night or through storm clouds and whatnot. And we developed it and we're using it in in the the military, right? And there came a time where we had to go and deploy it. Basically, I had to fly to Afghanistan, you know, during during kind of the heated combat over there and actually deploy and work on it. One of the core pieces of software we had was a 3D mapping program. And that 3D mapping program uh, showed the imagery it showed the basically the ground maps and all that kind of stuff and we had tested it a ton in in our state and we had tested it a whole bunch of stuff over here in the USA and so when i flew with the system over to afghanistan one of the bugs that were in there was the basically the the latitude longitude now I'm on the Eastern Hemisphere and no longer did the program work and stuff. And so I basically got there and it's like, it ain't working, guys. I don't know what's wrong. So I had to call back to the developers and say this. And then they finally chased it down and gave me a patch and all that kind of stuff. But it was uh, it was stressful, not not just because bombs were coming out of the sky, but because our software wasn't working either. So um, I have a personal experience. Before I even worked here at Red Sky, I worked for a different startup company, you know, developing software still. So it was kind of fun, though, where we had to come up with the idea. We originated it and then we executed. And one of our milestones was to present to a board of directors meeting. And so I walked through the product. It was a, a good enough spot to demo and, and show everyone. And everyone was super happy, excited. The CEO, CEO was pretty jazzed about what he had. And immediately after the call, keep in mind that we had another demo with an indiv- another board member that like next week, he said, this is great enough, Kai. Like I'm taking you off the project completely. And now you're completely devoted to sales. <laughs> Your uh, assistant manager or a person that's helping you who is studying communications in, in, in college, never had any software development experience. We're going to have her take complete control over this project. And then you're going to work 
strictly on sales to see if we can get some people to sign up. So it sounds like you just got a promotion. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, keep in mind too. I mean, I've never worked in sales. So yeah, needless to say, we, we definitely ended up pushing that demo off another couple of weeks and learned a lot uh-huh. from uh, the importance of, of software development. So here's another short and sweet one from another employee that we had here. He says, I had a developer job interview once where the interviewer fell asleep during it. He did not get the job offer. (laughs) That actually reminds me, I had the same thing kind of happen in college. I was selling Cutco knives. If you ever did that, you know, that's where you reach out to your friends and your family and you go do this demonstration of these kitchen knives and try to get them to buy it. I got referred to this one lady I didn't know. And she uh, was like a nurse or nurse assistant or whatever. So worked really long, you know, late night hours and stuff. And so I was in the middle of the demonstration and I could just see her head just starting to slowly drop down. <laughs> That's when you know it's, it's over. Uh, yep. And, and basically I got to the point where I just stopped talking because her she was quiet and just basically asleep there. Then she woke back up and she apologized and bought some knives. <laughs> <laughs> and that worked out. It did work out for me. So, well, here's here's one that I actually remember this this story happened at a previous job. So we it was kind of that same radar company. We actually had a case where we wanted to have our own drone so we can kind of test our radars instead of flying it in a manned aircraft and. The developer that was kind of working on it, he had some hardware experience and was trained how to fly it and and how to operate it. And his friend was there and their wives just kind of like came out to like, oh, let's go check out this. This It was an octo rotor. So it actually had eight spinning blades. You know, it was probably four feet wide and, you know, three feet tall and all this kind of stuff. And he's kind of showing them this demonstration and and they were underneath kind of a tree or, or near a tree. And that tree, unfortunately, was blocking the GPS signals. And so as they, they lifted off, basically the drone lost its GPS signals. And so it's actually started flying at his, his wife and his friend's wife. And so he ran in front of it and just tried to stop it with his hands. And those blades are like little knives spinning, you know, at yeah. a couple thousand RPM and just kind of cut them all up and stuff. And he had to go to the hospital and get stitches and all that kind of stuff just because he was trying to show off for, for his wife, you know? Is that when you decided to get it out of drones? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'd learned to not be stupid like that. So. <laughs> That's a good one. All right, here's a good one from the internet that we found we wanted to share. So back in 2016, a lady and her team were brought into a huge company scandal. One of their clients, uh, in-house developers, had leveraged the company's website to siphon revenue from them. The desperate client ran to the lady and asked her to rebuild the website. The client had a very complex website and the lady knew she had to find a group of phenomenal developers to help her accomplish the task. Uh, She ended up finding a group of freelance web developers to estimate and build a new site. The freelance group made an offer with two conditions. One, they must develop the site in Drupal 8. And two, they must be paid by the hour. Rest assured, we're all experts in Drupal 8, said the developers. Though the lady had concerns about developing the company's website, the newest version of Drupal, she decided to trust that the developers knew what they were doing and signed a contract with them. A month later, they noticed that they were paying invoice after invoice, but not seeing any results. Concerned, she picked up the phone and called the developers. They assured her, don't worry about it. 
The project is just a bit complicated. We'll call in a couple more additional freelance developers to help out, even though she decided to give them another chance. The same problem persisted. Eventually, she and her team decided to call in another development shop to audit the work. We fast forward a few months and now the company is headed to arbitration and has to hire an attorney to fight the bills for the hours that weren't worked. These freelancers essentially turned a terrible situation into a real nightmare. When asked why something like this happened, she said, when you get to the bottom of it, you'll realize that the biggest problem is that freelance shops usually do not have project managers to keep things on track. It simply does not work if freelancers interest if the client does not have a great IT project manager and tight scope. If the client doesn't have a great IT project manager and tight scope, they should insist of on paying a fixed fee upon the project's completion instead of by the hour. In fact, we found that one of the top reasons why freelance projects fail is lack of adequate project management. So yeah, I mean, basically that's one of the things that Red Sky Engineering really insists on is having a project manager that we can actually task them, help pull out their requirements, help make sure things are on track, continually have that communication is, you know, is, is really key and fundamental to running a dev shop. You know, there's a lot of elements here that I, I see over and over again with different dev team, whether it be freelancers or an actual formalized company, you know, they make promises that they know they'll not be able to make or keep. And a lot of it does come down to management. Absolutely. Okay. So here's kind of a final story that I found on the web called directory gone wild so we seem to be experiencing some kind of performance challenges with our wordpress site the website seemed fine on the surface so the ceo and his team dug a little deeper after downloading the client's wordpress site which had been designed and implemented by a freelance developer who had since left the team was completely shocked and speechless in what they found to our amazement, the site had nearly 900,000 files in it. This wouldn't necessarily be a problem if they're working on a very complex site, although I disagree. It would be a huge problem to have that many files. But this was a nine-page website. So after downloading this beast, they discovered a strange directory structure. 2013-01-01-01-01. And then at the end of that, 05, 10, 20, 15, you know kind of thing, incrementing up in five-second intervals. As it turns out, three years before, the freelancer had modified the WordPress core to write every single SQL statement to a text file on the server, creating a new directory for each year, month, hour, and second. What's worse was that when the developer left, he kept it running for three years. Though they eventually removed the debug hack and deleted the folder structure, the freelance developer's failure to write maintainable code Costs their client extra time and money fixing a problem that should have never existed. So kind of crazy. Always fun to you know make sure that you check your code, and that's why we kind of have code reviews. You know, we have our developers submit code, and somebody on their peer team has to sign off on it and make sure. And we actually find a lot of those. So we'll find debug statements that are still left over from when the developer was working on it or extra temporary files they might be created. And so it's, it's actually a, a practice that we put in place here at Red Sky Engineering to make sure that the code has to be at least approved by one. We, we usually try to look for two, but at least one person before it can actually get merged into a branch. Yeah. To kind of follow that up, if we notice some things that come up regularly, Josh, you guys have trainings every week. 
to kind of walk through performance and how we can improve. Yep. Yep. We're, we're obviously in the continuing learning process. The, the web dev is one of the fastest changing programming methodologies that are out there. If you think about it, I mean, in the last 10 years, I mean, how much has our, our internet world changed? I mean, from mobile devices and launching with, you know, Apple and iPods and iPhones and everything. I mean, basically the whole web, you know, has changed so many times and it continues to change at a rapid pace. So obviously continuing education is a a core feature that we look for here. Thanks so much for having me, Josh. It's been a lot of fun to hear some of these stories. Yeah, it's it's fun and we'll keep on doing these horror stories. We hope you enjoyed this and check in next week for more stories and experiences that we have and advice on running a dev shop as well. Thanks. Mm-hmm.